Joining me now on the show is Michael Jacobson. Michael is the president and CEO of the Illinois Hotel and Lodging Association. And, uh, Michael, I, I, I guess you already have the uh, the ball teed up for you by uh, Sarah and Feigenholtz for, uh, for our discussion. Uh, thank you so no much. <laughs> Not only is she my senator, she's a great spokesperson for me and a great, uh, great champion of hospitality. So I, it's great I, to I, have her lead me in. Yeah, I didn't know you needed an agent, but uh, apparently we know <laughs> we know that. Well, I, I, I wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons, and and uh, one is obviously how important the hospitality industry is to this city and this state's economy, and. You know, we obviously we've heard uh, how desperate restaurants are, um, bars and restaurants, and obviously Chicago being such a great food city, and me being a foodie. Uh, but you know, when you look at the fact that um, McCormick Place is basically dormant till at least August, uh, when you look at this city and what it derives from visitors and tourism and conventions and it's basically you know we don't like to use the analogy about a light switch to reopen the economy but that's the was a light switch turning it off and i guess as i kind of posed the the question to uh, senator feigenholtz is you know how how do these how do hotels hang on I think many, many may we might lose per, uh, um, uh, permanently, and I think that what we're seeing right now, to your point, that there's not going to be a light switch, but we have a strong feeling that there could be a dimmer switch. And I think Senator Feigenholt said it perfectly that there, it's not going to be open or closed. It's going to be a gradual rebuild process. And many of our conversations with the governor's office and the mayor's office already have been that we, there is a, a big difference between where we are today and the day we find a vaccine. Of course, we're really we're really hopeful that we find a vaccine sooner rather than later. But until that day comes, I don't think anybody's arguing that we necessarily want to hold a large meeting or a convention this week. Um, but there is a long time frame between now and the day a vaccine's found. So we have had conversations and we have health experts, um, Senator Feigenholz alluded to what they're doing in Europe and even what they're doing in other states. There are experts that say that this can be done in a safe way. Definitely not nearly to the scale of what some of our larger conventions um, have been historically, but we could start generating some revenue and some business in our hotels and at McCormick Place with social distancing, with additional protocols put into place so that we could at least hang on and throw a lifeline to our hospitality industry. Well, where uh, under the the current definition, uh, where where do hotels fit in as far as a business? So hotels were never forced to be shut down. We were always considered an essential business, mainly because there were some people that had essential trips that they had to take, uh, whether they were doctors or medical professionals coming into the city to help with the COVID response. 
whether they were first responders that didn't necessarily want to go home and expose their families uh, if they've been exposed to COVID. Uh, many of our hotels offered their rooms up at a discounted rate or some even for free in those cases. Um, so hotels were never, were never forced to be shut down. Instead, what you've seen is many of them voluntarily choose to shut down just because our occupancy rates in downtown Chicago have been in the single digits. And really, anytime you fall really below 30%, it doesn't make business sense to keep your doors open. Um, what is, I mean, do you see a fallout, you know, again, down the line, because we're, this isn't a binary, you know, choice of open close, but do you see a fallout where we lose uh, hotel rooms, where we lose hotels in the city? Absolutely. I think we will lose um, some. Uh, I don't, I think it's too early to tell and see how long this is really going to prolong itself. I don't know if hotels will be allowed to reopen or really start reopening some of their operations when it comes to group meetings here in the next month and the next two months. And that's really what drives more than half of our business. So while that is completely banned right now, uh, gatherings over 10 people, that's really why our conversations are around that, doing it in a safe way, because when it makes up such a good percentage of our business, business, many hotels won't reopen until that time comes. And if that keeps getting prolonged longer and longer throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall, the risks go up exponentially that a hotel just frankly won't reopen. You're already seeing several hotels across the city that have already been sent to special servicers to begin the foreclosure process because already they're starting to miss their loan payments. Is the state, uh, I mean, what is, what is, the relationship between the industry and the state and with Governor Pritzker and, you know, looking at the uh, reopening plans that the governor has presented. It's good. We we are in communication. We've had uh, multiple conversations with the governor's office and other members of, of um, the state's team. I will say that I think that because we weren't one of the industries that were forced to shut down, I think the emphasis was on some of those sectors and industries that we, they at least wanted to get reopened in some sense. And since we were always allowed to re- uh, stay open, um, I think that we're kind of in the next phase of um, really digging deep and having in-depth conversations. Um, but again, we're, it's mostly been really focusing on the health component. And I think that taking a step back, I think that's the most important thing to emphasize. Of course, there's an economic component to this. There's people lives, people's livelihoods at stake in all of this. But most importantly, a job is only as important as if you have your health and safety. So nobody is wants Chicago or Illinois to be the next hot spot for COVID-19. So that's why we're really leading with health experts and their guidance to say it can be done if these additional protocols are put into place. So it's really kind of just a, a really deep educational effort and really connecting our doctors and health experts with the ones that are really leading the state's response. Well, and that's that's been the difficulty in all of this is trying to balance uh, lives and livelihood. Exactly. And, and I mean, it, we're in the Memorial Day weekend right now. It's really the uh, kickoff to the summer tourism season traditionally. And uh, just this past week leading up to Memorial Day weekend, the U.S. Travel Association released a new study that showed that travel-related unemployment is already at 51%. That's double the national unemployment rate. 
so it shows you what dire straits we're already in. And I'm hearing more and more from hoteliers that they're even going to have to take additional job cuts from what they originally had to do a month or two ago. And um, the, the, the stakes are so high right now of temporary layoffs potentially turning into permanent layoffs. So that's why we're trying to strike that balance where health and safety always have and always will be our top concern, but we're trying to put people, at least some component of our workforce, back to work as quickly as we can. Well, and I know you know some uh, hotels, I believe, receive the uh, Paytech Protection Program uh, bridge funds for to try to keep employees hired and that kind of thing but um i i, I want to ask you we're going to take a break here in just a moment but when we come back i want to ask you about you know is there enough uh being done specifically to address the hospitality industry as a whole uh when it comes to looking at what the u.s house what the u.s senate are talking about as far as federal aid in washington we're speaking with michael jacobson president and ceo of the illinois hotel and lodging association i'm rick pearson this is your sunday spin Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is our phone number. I'm Rick Pearson, and this is your Sunday Spin. We're talking about the hotel and lodging industry and the pandemic's effects on that with Michael Jacobson. He is the president and CEO of the Illinois Hotel and Lodging Association. And, uh, Michael, before the break, I, I posed the question about whether you feel that uh, your industry or the hospitality industry in a whole, as a whole has is, is, is gotten the attention of federal lawmakers as they look at uh, the potential of a next uh, coronavirus relief package. I think the Paycheck Protection Program was certainly a good start, and it was definitely helpful to many of our hotel owners and restaurant owners as well. And I think that that leads to a common misperception that so many people think that when they see Marriott, Hilton, or Hyatt on a building that uh, those companies own those hotels, when for the most part, most hotels are individually owned by what are considered small businesses. And many of them are owned by Illinoisans uh, that might be your neighbors. And I think that is a common misperception misperception. So those small business opportunities like the Paycheck Protection Program uh, were definitely helpful. Uh, as many other industries and businesses have, have voiced their concerns, we had some significant challenges around it, uh, particularly about how to qualify for some of the loan forgiveness. Uh, one of the provisions that you have to rehire your staff by June 30th, and of course, many of our hotels won't even be reopened by June 30th if they shut their doors because of the continued stay-at-home order and some of the other regulations. So I think it was a good start. Don't get me wrong. I think we're, we're trying to improve that program, but also really start looking at what additional opportunities there are out, are out there. Uh, when you look at hotels and restaurants and the broader hospitality industry, you mentioned it earlier, we were one of the first industries impacted by this, and we're going to be one of the last industries to come out of this. And I think uh, similar to the airlines and the recovery 
delivery package that they were given, I think um, the hospitality industry is going to need some direct financial support from the government because not only is it our our employees that are suffering through this, I mentioned that our unemployment rate's at 51% within the travel industry, but also look at the tax base that we have um, that is really just dried up overnight. The tax revenue that is generated by hotels at the city level, the county level, the state level, uh, that money is vanished. Uh, so it's not even just at the federal level. I think the implications of hotels being shut down and losing such significant business is going to impact every Illinois and in every Chicago and whether or not you do or don't work in our industry. Well, and you brought up about the, the assistance to the airline industry. And, and my thought was, is well, that's like that's one leg of kind of the hospitality industry, but it, it ignores the other body parts. Yeah, it's a very important leg. Don't get me wrong. Right, uh, right. We, we need them. <laughs> but, it, again, you have restaurants, you have hotels, you have our museums and attractions. There's there's attractions throughout the city. I think of small business owners like Chicago's First Lady Cruises that we all kind of take advantage of. That It's a, one of the best experiences you can do in the city. Go and take an architecture cruise down the river. They've been uh, suspended, their operations. So there's just there's operations and there's types of businesses across the city that – thrive and depend on tourism that have been brought to their knees in recent months. Now, I understand that uh, your uh, association has kind of come up with a, a safe, clean and safe guidance for opening uh, for, for not that you've ever been closed, but, but just for kind of moving into an expanded phase here. And... Uh, Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and, and, you know, what are the insurances of somebody going into a hotel about who's concerned about, uh, you know, we're all scared kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a fair sense of anxiety, I think. Anytime you're going to venture outside of your house right now, whether it's checking into a hotel or getting on the CTA, you're going to just think twice about what the cleaning standards of whatever you're using is. And so we wanted to get ahead of it. All of our hotel brands, each individual brand, have come out with their own guidelines and their own guidance for hotels. But we really wanted to coalesce that and also incorporate input from Chicago Department of Public Health as well as uh, the state level. So we kind of customized those and incorporated some of that local feedback and came out with our own recommendations to send to hotels. And it's really meant for two things. First of all, our employees. Our employees are the lifeblood of our hotels. We would be nothing without them. And that's really what you remember when you check into a hotel. It's not necessarily how nice the guest room is. It's how great the experience is and the hospitality. So making sure that our employees are protected and are safe when they come back to work, we know that that's obviously of the utmost importance. But also we're going to have to kind of change their mentality and make sure that they realize that they're being kept safe. And then, of course, it's consumer confidence, making sure that guests are not only made, made to feel that they are safe, but that they are safe when they check in. From the moment when they walk into our hotel to mo- the moment they walk out, I think a hotel stay is going to look very different from what you have come to expect and if you checked into a hotel three months ago. How so? So 
So from the minute you walk in, you're going to start seeing social distancing. You're going to start seeing not only signage, but you're going to start seeing tape on the floors and markings on the floors to make sure you're not getting too close to anybody. You're going to see hand sanitizer or wipes put throughout the property, uh, especially in high-focus areas like elevator banks, so that, of course, we're going to have staff cleaning those elevator buttons, but you'll be able to grab a wipe or use hand sanitizer yourself and, and do an extra cleaning. When you check into a guest room, a lot of the things that are kind of non or that are single use, so like pens and paper or uh, magazines or room service delivery menus are going to be taken out because those stay from uh, stay to stay. Uh, also, housekeeping. Housekeeping is going to be limited to request only so that if you want housekeeping, you can certainly request it and we'll take care of that request, but we're really trying to limit the amount that we're exposing our employees and going into a guest room. Similarly, room service, when you order room service, you might have gotten used to them rolling it in and placing it in your room, that will now be left at the door so that, again, that employee is not forced to go into a guest room and potentially expose themselves if, God forbid, that guest were to have COVID. So that's just kind of a small sampling, but some of these documents and brand guidelines that have come out are 30, 40, 50 pages, and it just shows how seriously the hotels are taking this to the extreme levels of even Marriott has announced that they're going to be using hospital-grade cleaning techniques like electrostatic sprayers that, again, hospitals use to clean their rooms after a patient is discharged. Marriott's going to be using those in between each stay now in their guest rooms. So it's really comforting, again, for both our employees and our guests that in many cases, when you step foot into a hotel room, it will be probably cleaner than your own bedroom at home. (laughs) I mean, how much of this is going to be the new normal? Just, I, I mean, think much of it. I mean, we're obviously we're staring this thing right in the eye, you know, and and by by close proximity. But you know, in, in as the months and whatever, even you know, let's hope it's soon. But a, a post vaccine era, uh, I mean, are, is 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 our mental set going to be just changed completely because of this? I think to a degree, yes, and I think some of the techniques and protocols you see put in place will become permanent, not necessarily all 50 pages. Um, I think some of those are really focused on the short term until we do find a vaccine. But I do say, I mean, hotels were always proud of the level of safety and cleanliness within our properties. That's something that we always prided ourselves and took very seriously. But knowing that we're doubling down on this, I do think that many of the protocols you see put in place might become permanent. It's just making us take a second look at what was already being done successfully and just making it more safe and more clean when you walk through a hotel. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to me when to think about what uh, makes sense is a, a housekeeper uh, wearing PPE. Absolutely. I think not just a housekeeper. I think every staff, especially in the short term, every staff you see and, frankly, every guest you see should be wearing a mask. Uh, Again, that's some of the stuff that I think you'll eventually see uh, change as as we continue to progress and and treatments or vaccine are found. Um, But, yeah, when you walk into a hotel anytime in the near future, you will see our staff have the proper PPE to make sure that we do protect them and keep them safe. Now, obviously, we're still under the uh, guidelines from the the governor on the the, the 10 people rule. But, you know, when I looked at the floor of the Bank of Springfield uh, Convention Center, which was the temporary home of the Illinois House, uh, there you've got 118 people gathered basically for a convention. 
And I wonder, now obviously there were Department of Public Health guidelines. Each lawmaker sat at a six-foot table. Uh, there was the requirement for everybody to wear a mask except for the one uh, rebellious legislator who was then thrown out for the day uh, to, to make his point. Uh, but uh, when I look at when I look at how they were able to assemble, uh, does that speak uh, maybe bode well for maybe some kind of gatherings that could be hosted by you know hotels and conventions? I think you nailed it on the head. I think that what we just witnessed over the last three or four days in Springfield was a convention. It was held at the convention center. It was a convention. Was it a typical convention that you might think of in your head? No, absolutely not. And there were many, many additional protocols put into place, and it was done in a safe way. So I think that just proves that it can be done with additional steps that are taken. And that's that's some of the modest common sense guidance that we're offering to the state to say, yes, it's not going to be the most enjoyable experience, but it's going to be we can take those steps and kind of build off of public health guidance to at least start generating some sort of meetings that are essential, that that organizations feel that they have to do, uh, and start generating some revenue to preserve the livelihoods within within our hotels. But I think you just, you, you nailed it in the fact that our legislators just showed us that a convention can be done in a safe way and a responsible way um, where both them and their staff were kept safe. So that's, like I said, we're trying to start the faucet slowly. And I think our, our conversations with both the governor's office and mayor's office are promising the fact that we could potentially start some sort of business and get away from the arbitrary gar- guidelines of a strict limit on gatherings of 10 or 50 people. Instead, do it more based on the occupant or the capacity of the given room or convention center where that meeting is being held. And I, I guess the sense, and I'm not trying to predict anything, but as I think we've seen really in the maybe the last week or so where we've seen the governor kind of show a bit more flexibility to some of these guidelines that if you know the metrics still hold as they're holding that kind of thing where uh, it seems to me that there's the give and take is going to even out a little bit more than the strict guidelines that we've seen I think so. I think the governor's team has been receptive. They, they're open to conversation as long as you can lead your conversation with health guidance. Um, I think the last thing anyone is trying to do is strictly focus on the economics. Again, that's important, but ultimately it, it comes down to the importance of health and safety. But I think also the governor during his campaign and after he became governor, he's very proud to call himself the chief marketing officer of the state of Illinois. And I think um, this is an opportunity for him to, of course, focus on the health of Illinoisans at the, at the forefront, but also figure out ways that we can responsibly restart our economy, knowing that we're, we're several months down. Again, going back to that tax revenue, we, we've gone now two months without generating really a penny of tax revenue for the state, and we're one of the largest taxpayers in the state when it comes to hotel tourism tax. So uh, I think that he knows the delicate balance that needs to be struck, and hopefully we'll continue our conversations here in the next several days and weeks and figure out a way to safely reopen some of our meetings and conventions and again not necessarily next week but here's definitely before the day of vaccine is found 
and hotel hotel motel taxes they fund a lot of different things in this state michael jacobson president and ceo of the illinois hotel and lodging association thank you so much for joining me thanks rick see you in person next time